0: But those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. may be seated. Well, Welcome to All Saints Church. We're so glad to have you here on Rally Day. We're looking forward to uh, celebrating that after this service. Um, This passage, the gospel passage that was read, is one of the one of the more famous moments in um, scripture in in Peter's and what I want to look at today is Peter's confession at um, Caesarea Caesarea Philippi Uh, because what happens there is Jesus asks the disciples um, probably the most important question it's the most important question um, in the Bible it's what the whole Bible is really concerned about Um, but perhaps more pointedly it's it's really the most important question in your life. You know, you're, the most important question in your life has nothing to do with your 401K or, um, you know, the question that we ask, you know, high school graduates all the time. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do? And they're like, I don't know. I'm just trying to graduate. Um, and but really the, the most important question of Scripture and of your life is when Jesus asks the disciples, um well, first he kind of he he treats them like a like a little bit of a focus group, you know, like like the CEO bringing middle management up to his office and saying, "Oh, you know, what's the what 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 are, what are people saying? Well, how, how's it going down there?" And they're all like, "Oh, it's great, everyone loves it." And it's like, "No, it's not." Um, but they uh, he, he first asks, "What what do people say about me? What, what do, who do people say that I am? What's what's the rumor? Like, you guys are are with the people. What 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 are you hearing? What, what are they saying?" Um, and, and the response is uh, basically what we would all expect people to say. They, they, they mention two prophets. They say that people say that you're, you're the new Elijah. Or people say that you're a new John the Baptist. In other words, you're a new prophet. You're a new person on the scene. And, and that's, that's a compliment, by the way, for people to say, oh, he, he's, he's like these Prophets of renown, both in the old, ancient, and the Old Testament, but also recently, these these men who who spoke up against power and and um, and, and gave the the word of God to the people, and so it's a compliment. Um, and, and he's saying you're a prophet. You have you have you have these powerful things to to say to people. And I venture to think that most people, not in this room, of course, but. Except me. Um, but, but most people, if you, if you were to walk out down Lyman on park avenue and um, walk up to people and ask them, you know, who, who is Jesus? You know, like you go up to, to Barney's where there's, um, you know, old men sitting there arguing about politics and, and, and sports and, and all that. And just, excuse me, sirs, real quick. I just want to know who's Jesus and see what you get. I don't know. Uh, go to a tailgate in Gainesville. And ask the question and um, be ushered off somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, not in Athens. In Georgia, you'd be accepted um, as i a, a, I'm not just kidding. Uh, but, uh, but most people, if we were to walk up to the monastery, who is Jesus? They're going to say, my guess is they would say something similar to what the disciples say here. A great prophet. A man who had great things to say. Maybe it's maybe it's you know on the political spectrum. It's a, a, a man who had great things to say about the poor and, and, our, and our society's responsibility towards towards the poor. Um, maybe it's on a more kind of moral playing field of um, a man who had great things to say about love, about how we ought to treat our neighbor, how we ought to treat um, those around us. And the the problem with that. Um, is that what it assumes is that the main thing that you and I need, in other words, if Jesus is, is God's great climactic event in history, the, the great moment in history where God came to earth, um, what, what's assumed by that is the main problem that you and I face, the main problem that you and I face is ignorance. You know, the main problem that you and I face is we don't know what we should be doing. That we walk around our lives going, well, I just wish someone would tell me what to do, um, and and Jesus is this great answer to that where He comes and says, Hey, by the way, I don't know if you knew this before, um, you might not have known, you might have been walking through life going, I, I'm pretty sure what I'm supposed to be doing is hating everyone around me. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here to do. Um, and then this Jesus guy showed up and he said, I should love people, and I was like, I never, I never even thought I should love somebody. Um, and, of course, that's not true that, that um, you and I, the problem isn't ignorance. The, 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 basically, you and I often, nine times out of ten, um, we actually know what we ought to be doing. Um, I want to focus quickly on the Proverbs passage. The Proverbs uh, passage actually speaks to this exactly, where um, Solomon, in writing the Proverbs, he, he personifies wisdom as a woman. And a woman walking through this town, um, and she as she's walking through this town, it says, Wisdom cries out in the street. In the squares, she raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. There's three places there. At the square... Um, at the busiest corner and at the city entrance. In other words, the, the three um, of the most heavily trafficked areas in, in a town. If you imagine an old old style town with kind of walls and a, and a square, um, they're saying that, that wisdom is this um, this woman who's walking around telling everyone what 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 should be done at the busiest places. In other words, the message has gotten out. It's not it's not somebody in a cave somewhere um, uncovering some secret truth that they didn't tell anyone. You know, it, it's, it's a public thing that, um, that, that most of us actually know. Now, maybe in a court of law that you could plead ignorance, but since we're in church and, and we can be honest, um, we know. We know what we ought to be doing. We know what we shouldn't have been doing. Um, that, that business deal that you took, you knew. Again, maybe in a court you could, you could prove otherwise, but, but you knew. You knew it, it couldn't have been really been that easy. Right, um, the 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 things that the, the thing that you said to your spouse this weekend, you knew, you knew. I I shouldn't say that, um, and yet here I go, here I go again. Um, James in the in the in the passage we read talks about how how powerful the tongue is. That it's this it's this tiny mechanism that um, like a rudder on a ship. Do you guys see that the Suez Canal got blocked again? You know, this this tiny mechanism. I think it it got unblocked, but um, it, this tiny mechanism can steer this massive ship. This tiny little thing. Um, that this small spark can set off a giant fire. And and what James is saying is, our words are the same way that you and I know. Um, there, there's times in your life that you can point back to and say, I know I shouldn't have said that. And as soon as the words, you, you've had this experience um, that as soon as the words come out, you just, you just want to grab them back. Like, I, I shouldn't have, no, I, okay, it's done. It's been said. Um, that, that moment when you and your spouse, the, the argument was, was almost over, right? And you could have gone to bed and you just thought, one, one more thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then immediately you, you regretted it. What, what, what the Proverbs is saying is that you and I, you and I, the problem that you and I face is not ignorance. Maybe we're ignorant about some things, but there are many things in your life. There are things in your life right now, um, in my life, there are things in your life, there, there are at least, I would say, three things in your life right now, maybe four, um, that you know, that you know you should not be doing, that, that you know do not bring thriving to your life that you know um, should be put aside, and yet, and yet, you you still find yourself doing it. Your problem is not ignorance. You don't need a preacher to come up and tell you what you ought to be doing. Because you know. Uh, This isn't just something I'm saying either. Um, There's a, a sociologist named Jacob Needleman who wrote a book called Why Can't We Be Good? And in it, what he discovered through his research was that more often than not, um, on the whole, people actually have a very common conception of what goodness really is um, and that we actually know what, what, what we ought to be doing. That, that on the whole, people know what they should and should not be doing. Um, and the problem that he uncovered and the problem that psychologists and philosophers and sociologists cannot figure out is if we know what we ought to be doing, why aren't we doing it? The, the Proverbs passage says um, that uh, the, the call of wisdom has gone out, but we have refused. Because I have called and you refused, you stretched out, I stretched out my hand and no one heeded. And because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. When panic strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, they will call upon me, but I will not answer what what the Proverbs passage is saying is that we know what we ought to have done, or what we should not have done, we did not do what we should should have done, and we did what we ought not to have done. Um, and now wisdom can no longer help us. We, we we could call upon wisdom after the fact and it's saying that wisdom will just mock you. You should have. Should have I told you. I told you. And this leads us um to regret. Um, it, it can lead to guilt. It can lead to shame. And, and, but, but one of the things that it really leads us towards, um, that, and, and maybe this part of the message goes out to maybe one or two of you in the room, but um, th- there is some moment in your life, what, what regret is, I mean, guilt is, is, is a fee, you, you feel guilt over something you did, but, but regret... It is kind of like a guilt plus because what it is is it's, yes, I, I shouldn't have done that, but also I can't shake the feeling that, um, that because of what I did, I missed something. That, that in other words, like, we, we view our lives, we're, we're headed down a path and then, um, we do something. We, we say something to someone. We, we trust someone that we know, we knew we, we should, we had no reason to trust this person. You, your spouse was telling you, do not trust this person, and yet we did. Um, we, we made decisions that we knew should not do this, and yet we did. And, and then we, we notice as the, as the consequences of those go out that our life takes a turn. And, and regret is, is looking back and wondering, what would my life have been like if, if things had kept going? If, if I hadn't done the thing that I did, what, You know what, what, if only I could go back. You and I could probably sit and tell story after story of, um, of people in this room who, who, could, who could say, um, if I could change anything in my life, I would have never talked to her. I would have never um, uh, taken that meeting with him. I would have never gotten in the car that day. There are moments in our lives that, that it can feel like um, life took a turn. And, and it took a turn into the unknown. We were on a known track towards something, and then something veered us off, and now we feel like we're kind of wandering and trying to trying to scrape things together, and keep wondering, "What if I had not done this and stayed down that path?" And it's in those moments when um, wisdom um, and and us having a prophet um, no longer really has all that much to offer us. Because you and I know what we should have done, and we're in the midst of feeling the the, the pain and the sorrow and the the um, lostness of living life having done it. So, what does Jesus? What does God possibly have to say about that? Well, God speaks through many people, and I heard it this weekend at the um, the nine eleven the twentieth anniversary of the nine eleven um, of nine eleven commemoration. Uh, there was, a, there was a service held in, in Pennsylvania where um, the, the site where the Flight 93 was um, heroically and tragically crashed. I mean, if you remember, the, the passengers on board of Flight 90, United Flight 93 um, heard through various ways what was going on, the, the planes that crashed into the Twin Towers and the Pentagon, um, and you can actually read their transcripts of the phone calls they made, and, and they actually said, we, we took a vote. And we're not going to be pawns in their game. We're going to, we're going to take back the plane. Um, and they, 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 they said the Lord's Prayer together. And they said Psalm 23. And Todd Beamer said, let's roll. And um, they, they heroically took back the plane. And they crashed the plane in Pennsylvania. It was headed towards either the Capitol or Washington, D.C. Um, and, and at this site, this kind of sacred, um, national sacred site, um, there was a commemoration service yesterday. And former President George W. Bush spoke. Um, And in his speech, he said something that that floored me because I I felt like it it transcended just even 9-11, but it really spoke to my life, Um, spoke to the the human condition that that the proverb is really talking about. He said this, all that many people, um, right after the, the events, the tragic events that occurred, he said all that many people could initially see was the brute randomness of death. All that many could feel was unearned suffering. All that many could hear was God's terrible silence. And there are many who still struggle with a lonely pain that cuts deep within. And maybe that's some of us today. Maybe some of us are looking back at our lives and saying, because of things that I know that I have done, um, all I can hear is God's terrible silence. I should have. I could have. But I didn't. He continued, he said this, Many of us have tried to make spiritual sense of these events. And there is no simple explanation for the mix of providence and human will that sets the direction of our lives. The mix of providence, God's providence, God's ordaining your life, and human will. Our ability to make decisions. There's no simple explanation for the mix of providence and human will that sets the direction of our lives. But comfort can come from a different sort of knowledge. After wandering long and lost in the dark, many have found that they were actually walking step by step toward grace. What if in the midst of your life and the detours that you have taken and the the roads that you have left behind, the, the life that you feel like I could have lived and didn't, What if in all the midst of that there is a deeper wisdom at work? What if in all the midst of that there is a deeper word? That Christ has claimed you. That that, that the story of your life is one of grace. That in all of your your, um, wanderings that you are not lost. That God has actually been leading you and leading you towards himself. That in all of your mistakes all of your stubbornness and all of your obstinacy and all of your foolishness, the one underlying truth, the one underlying wisdom of your world, that God has claimed you as his own and he will never let you go. And it's in that sense that you and I don't need a new prophet, but, but you and I can come face to face with what Peter came face to face with 2,000 years ago, that some might say that you're Elijah. For John the Baptist here to give us a new word, tell us things we ought to do. But I say that you are the Christ, Son of the living God, that you have come to save us, save us even from ourselves. Amen.